Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. I sing that song this morning with purpose. I hope when you sing it, it's not one of those that we sang so many times in our lives that it doesn't mean anything to us, but we are here because God's grace is amazing. His grace is amazing. And in the theme of the day be struggling in the light. Many of us in here know far too well, all too well, how great his grace is. For if it weren't so great, we might not be here today. When I was seven years old, I found my first pornography magazine. And I did not know that moment in time would scar me for the remainder of my life. I found it, I consumed it, and I was hooked for a large portion of my life. And many of the years of my life that I was attached and addicted and hooked to it, I was spending time in this pulpit proclaiming the gospel of God and struggling with that in private. This is a conversation that many don't like to have. But in part of my struggle, the thing that I said to myself most was, it can't be that bad. I've never heard a sermon about it. It can't be that bad. My youth ministers never talked to me about it. It can't be that bad. My parents have never talked to me about it. So it's got to be okay, right? Yeah, sure, it's okay. In my heart, I knew it wasn't, but it because it hadn't been addressed. And I understand why it's not addressed. It's an ugly topic. No one wants to, to dive into the muck to discuss this, this topic that, that is consuming our youth. And if we're honest, with many of us old folks as well. But I recall having that guilt of striving to be the Christian that I know people thought I was, but knowing what was happening in the dark. Things changed one day when I was able to finally do what Scripture tells us to do with sin. The Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens. The thing is, my experience with church folk was when they know your business, they tell your business. When they know your business, they judge you for it. So there was no way in the world I was going to come out about that. But I had a friend. I had a friend that was close as a brother that I was able to share this with, and he was able to blow my mind with the fact 
that he too once struggled with it, but found his way out, and he shared that message with me. He helped me see that if you're going to struggle, you're going to fail if you struggle in the dark. This is something that needs light to expose it, to put a name on it, to call it out. That's the only way he was able to overcome it and I was able to overcome it. It became a thing that whenever I went on a business trip, I would call him. I would say, I've made it. I'm here. I need you to check on me every 15 or 20 minutes. And because he's my brother, that's what he did. He would call and I would never want to disappoint him by saying I messed up. So I would wait. And in those moments where I thought the temptation was going too straight, too strong, and I can't hold on any longer, I was given strength by knowing he's going to call me in a little bit. Those things, my brothers, the fellowship of the light is what got me through. And I'm encouraging everybody here, especially these people sitting in these first two rows, but everybody else here today. Yes, today's sermon is going to be a little uncomfortable, but it's necessary. And because we are brothers and sisters of the light, we have to take ownership of the people sitting on our pews and the pews before us and the pews after us that we can help and encourage and motivate through all struggles, but especially the struggle that I mentioned this morning. All of us have things that are going on in our life. I was able to meet with some young people at Freed Hardman. We have a support group for, for students who are struggling with this very thing. And for most of those meetings, something always came up and I wasn't able to make it to it, but I, I made it to this one. And they shared their stories. They talked about the shame. They talked about the guilt. They talked about wanting to do better, but for some reason they kept getting pulled back in. And it was a reminder of my journey. It was a reminder of my struggle. And so today I want to remind you of a few things because I imagine there are people in this room who are thinking, who could ever enjoy something like that? Who would ever participate in something like that? There's people that this is just so foreign to, you just don't get it. And, and praise God that you're in that boat, but you have to understand what the draw is. And so for a moment, I want to make it clear. If you've never struggled with this, you need to understand why porn is so attractive. Porn never has a headache. Porn is never too tired. Porn never says, you made me mad so you're in the doghouse. Porn never says, we, we did it just a week ago. Porn never says, I reject you, I don't like you, I don't want you. And for someone who has been through rejection is maybe traumatized by it. Having something like that, that is always willing to accept, is a draw that most people don't get until they're in it. No one is too ugly for porn or too poor or fat or skinny, not cool enough. All of the things that are roadblocks to our interactions, all the reasons why we feel like we can't connect to people, porn doesn't care about. And for a moment in time, suddenly, there's a feeling of being empowered. 
In that moment, you're not just wanted, you're desired. Or at least you feel that way. You feel in control in a world where you have no control. That is the draw. But the reality of things, to anyone in this room who is in it right now, I need you to know that that draw is fantasy. It's not real. And all of those things that you are self-conscious about, all of those things that you feel like you're accepted by in this world, it's not real. But I can tell you something, and I can remind you of something that gives the same acceptance, but only it is real. I want to remind you that there is a man named Jesus Christ that walked this earth. He is God and he is the son of God and he's put on flesh. He knows the temptation far better than you realize. That's why he is the great high priest. He knows the draw. He knows what it is to be drawn to something like this. And I want to remind you what it says in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. He says, come to me, all of you who are laboring are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. I will give you comfort. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will finally find rest in your soul. Let me tell you, if you haven't brought your struggle to Jesus, you haven't found peace yet. You've had restless nights. You've tossed and turned. You've wondered who's found out. You're wondering if your, 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 your history online has been cleared. You're wondering about who's using your phone or your computer. All of that will wear down on you. But when you give it to Jesus, you don't have to worry about it anymore. He gives us rest and peace. And it's real. It's not fake like porns is. It's a real acceptance. And more so than that, Jesus accepts you, but his body accepts you as well. Amen. And that's one thing that I'm hoping the church is becoming more and more ready and able to do. Allow people to struggle in the light. Because I've had too many experiences where when people find out your struggle, they want to remove you. They want to separate themselves from you. They want to blackball you. They want to talk about you and put your business in the street. But the church shouldn't be that way. The church should be the hospital that sick people come to. The church should be the place where I'm able to limp in and say, the world has kicked my butt this week and I need help. That's the light. That's the church. That's who we are. We're able to see this in the scriptures where in, in John chapter 4, Jesus meets the woman at the well. And he knows her business. He knows what she's doing. He knows all the men she's been with. He knows all of that. But she is not met with condemnation from the one person who's ever lived that has the ability to condemn. He doesn't condemn her. He loves her. He accepts her. He says, you've got some things in your life that need to change, but let me help you do that. Let me show you some things. I need you to know, need you to know that Jesus accepts you. More than that, though, the body accepts you. All of you, even the ugly parts of you. If you are struggling or you know someone who is, because if we're honest, Everybody in this room has either struggled with pornography or knows and loves somebody who's struggling with pornography. 
There's some things that I want to remind you about your situation or their situation. And it comes from God's word. I want to remind you what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 9 through 10. This is a reminder that God will restore, he will confirm, he will strengthen, and he will establish you. It says, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will have himself restored, restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. We need to know that God is with us in this. We need to know that he will restore us. If only we can resist for a little while, we can make it. I want to remind you of what it says in Jeremiah chapter 32. Verses 26 and 27, that nothing in this world is too hard for God. Nothing is too strong for him. Nothing is too complex that he can't figure out. In verse 26, it says, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? That's a rhetorical question he asked for us to reflect and think about. If you were here last night, we talked about the bigness of God. We talked about how grand and great he is and how capable he is to handle all things. And I tell you, if there's nothing too big for him, your struggle is not too big for him. I remember in my struggle remembering and thinking that this is impossible. I can't defeat this. I'll never defeat this. And if you talk to others who are in the midst of their battle right now, they don't see much hope either. But if you can remind them of how big the God they serve is, if you could remind them how much he loves them and the amazing grace he provides, if you can remind them of that power, they can be encouraged and realize there's nothing too big for him, not even my struggle. It's also important that we remind them that he will finish what he started in you. You look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring you or will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. There's some things that he started in all of us. The struggles that come are a part of that, but getting us through them is a part of this as well. It's important that we remember these things as we're going through the, 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 the challenges and that we persevere through all of them. If you were in Christ, I say rejoice. The end of your broken story is written and it ends with you being blameless and standing before the king. I know if you're dealing with this right now, maybe you're, you're in a state of denial. Maybe you don't want to hear it. Maybe if you love someone that's dealing with it, there's shame and embarrassment and, and all of those things. But the light is where they need to be. One of the reasons that put me in that rock bottom situation to know that I need to do something different. was having my wife confront me with my computer. And seeing her cry. 
and wonder why in the world I would, I would need to look at some things like that. And it's a feeling that I don't want anybody to ever feel. I'm looking at you young men. I'm looking at you young ladies. There's, there's been some horrible things I've experienced in my life. That's got to be the worst. And the best way that I can help you never experience that is if you're going through the struggle now, put in the work now to get beyond it. Put in the work now so that then you don't have to. Be each other's brother and sister and help them through it. Because it's tough when you get there and you feel like you don't have hope. So I want to remind you of some things that we've already stated. I want to go back to the text about the light. And in that text that we read earlier today, I just want to, I just want to make something clear. This is a message that we have heard from you, from him, and declare to you, God is the light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. So God is perfect, okay? And if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet we walk in darkness, we lie, and we do not live out the truth. Now, if he had stopped there, it would lead the reader to believe I have to be perfect to be in the light. Y'all see that, right? But that's why the writer doesn't stop there. And he continues to say, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Okay, so therefore, if his blood is purifying our sin and we're in the light, that means all of us who are in the light have sin. But again, let's keep going. It says if we claim to be without sin. If you're one of those Christians who walk around and claim to be perfect, if you walk around because you've got the suit on and the tie on and you, and you know all the things and you can quote all the things and you make others believe that you're perfect, he says, you are a liar, but you're only lying to yourself. He goes on to say, if you've got struggles, if you've got sin, this is what you do. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive. He will. I bring this up because in the midst of my battles, there were times that I felt so guilty, so ugly, so ashamed that I wouldn't even pray. I would feel embarrassed to, to show my face to God, I wouldn't even want to pray. I would try, but I would just cry, and I would be so embarrassed about the situation. And that's exactly what Satan wants us to feel in these moments. Because he wants that shame to lead to guilt, to lead to falling right back in the cycle, to trying to feel better about it, and you don't get anywhere. But Jesus says, bring that sin to me, and I'll do something about it. We need to remember that struggling in the light is not the same as walking in darkness. Yes, the goal is to get rid of that sin. Yes, the goal is to cut it out of our life so we look more and more like Jesus every day. 
But let me tell you, there are some folks who are struggling that are just as much in the light as Paul was in the light. There are people who are struggling with addiction right now who are in the light just as much as Peter is in the light. And praise God that he is a God that way. Hopefully we too, when we see people in their struggles, are able to look at them, especially if they're trying to do it the right way. By bringing it to God, bringing it to the brothers and sisters, trying to work on it, trying to get better. Don't look at them with judgment and disgust. When we struggle in the light, we acknowledge our weakness and we turn to God for help. We're being honest with ourselves and with him about our struggles and seeking his grace and forgiveness. The blood of Jesus cleanses us of all of our sins. We can have the confidence in his love and his power will transform us because that's the goal. The transformation that happens that can only happen in the light. Church, I don't know what you were expecting this morning. Maybe you were hoping for a, a motivational, let's run through a brick wall sermon. I'm sorry. Maybe you were hoping for something that increased your intellect because now you know the Greek and Hebrew behind the text a little bit better. I didn't bring that this morning. I'm sorry. What I'm bringing to you is the reality that there are folks on these pews around us who are not as perfect as we appear. And all of us are struggling, but we should not have to struggle alone. As a body, we should be locked armed and armed. And it should be in a perfect world, a place where you know my business and I know your business. I know what to pray for you for and you know what to pray for me for. I know what to check on you about and you know what to check on me about. And therefore, we can make it together. And if we're not there now, hopefully one day we will be. I am thankful that I ran into a man named Alex Walker that was able to help me expose my sin to the light. That was to help me get to a point where the transformation could happen because I had my brothers with me. I'm thankful for a wife and a spouse who I was able to lean on and share the ugliness of my sin with, and it didn't run her away. And the reason why I hadn't brought it to her attention before is because I was certain. I was certain if I let her know how ugly I really am inside, she would run away and want nothing to do with me. But man, I was blessed with a fantastic wonderful, loving, and godly spouse who said, this is not okay, but we're going to get through it together. And hopefully, in all of our relationships within the light, we have people who are able to do this with us. South Green Street, it has been an honor to be with you and to worship with you and to study with you. And I can't tell if you can tell or not. This is my very first gospel meeting. I don't know if y'all, maybe you knew. Like, oh yeah, this has got to be his first time. It's my first time. Uh, and so I'm glad um, that I was able to share this time with you. And hopefully throughout the days that we've been together, something from God's word has been uplifting or motivating or encouraging or helpful in your walk. I want to also commend this congregation for your amazing youth group. You guys have loved my little girls and played with them, and made them laugh, made them feel welcome, 
even the guys are, are playing with them and, and having a good time. And I can't thank you enough for that. It's hard bringing little kids to things like this, but you made it a whole lot easier. And I guess that's also a celebration to the amazing parents uh, who are here as well. Last thing I want to say is, please continue to be a congregation that allows people to struggle in life, that allows people to not be perfect, but work on a way to transform and continue to grow and to look more and more like Jesus each and every day. If you've been struggling in the dark, if you've been struggling alone, please don't continue to do that. Make that change right now. There's gonna be a song that we sing and there's a process that you know of coming forward or remaining standing or whatever that is. But if it's something that you gotta get right, get right today. Don't let it continue to go on. You can't beat it by yourself. If you have any need at all, please remain standing as we sing a song of encouragement.